Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing The Spine of Night. This is like a, it's like a dark, violent, animated, rotoscoped fantasy film uh, that's on Shudder. And Caitlin Googled it. It took seven years to make. That's everything we need. We know about it. Going yeah. Eric, if you were like trying to hit all the SEO algorithms, just did you it. hit all the words. That was my right URL there. for this evening. Yeah. I'll be your host for this evening. Joining me. Welcome back to the show. Caitlin from Virginia. Hello. It's good to be back. Love it. Uh, we're going to chat with you a little later about where you've been. Next up from the climbs the well i don't know what you'd say uh, uh uh i don't know what i uh, she's from california hey, please, please welcome Matilda <laughs> to the show <laughs> words are hard and last up tonight from manhattan new york city please welcome john schnars to the show hi eric when you slick that hair back you got a real like uh steven seagal vibe going on cool like you look like a white guy who knows karate if, if I was half as tough as Steven Seagal, I'm thinking like 90 Steven Seagal. I don't Seagal, think he's that like tough. Not yeah, day Steven Seagal, but I think he's like pretend tough. <laughs> Did you just no. go down the gauntlet? <laughs> Did you just <laughs> challenge Steven Seagal currently? I mean, I might be able to take him. I don't probably. Not. He's got old man strength, like I can only dream of. Um, so. s- speaking of old man strength, John, thank you. That's actually the perfect segue. You might notice Casey isn't here tonight. Um, <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to Caitlin with that or Casey. <laughs> Casey, I don't know if he mentioned this last week, but he 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 had some surgery today. He got like a some cartilage taken out of his neck and some like dead person bones put in and like metal. He's basically the bionic man now. So, yeah. but he he's more man or machine than man at this point. Yes, he went through surgery. He's feeling pretty good. He told me he stocked up on edibles, so I think he's going to be all right. <laughs> Um, Put him on blast, why don't you? If, if, uh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that wasn't like a secret thing for Casey. Um, If you happen to follow Casey on social or you're on Slack, you know, hit him up, send him a message, tell him, uh, send him some support. I'm sure he would very much enjoy that. He is an x-ray he may share with you that's, uh, you know. Yeah, we got, so that's where we are. We got one sickie back. And we lost this icky, and that's where we are. Um, I was going to make a joke, Eric, that we we used to, I feel like the the benefit of the live show used to be that you could see which of us might get so drunk during the show that we would say something really inappropriate. Now it's like, is someone going to legit die? Yeah. Like during the live Will one of our ailments take us away? There are a bunch of like frail Victorian children. <laughs> yes. I look like my salar is a good example. Like, I've been inside for a while. That's Kaylin, a, listen, you look great. Kaylin, I'm just glad to Kaylin, see you. Kaylin. The inside is cool. Like, no, I'm an I, I've been thinking this a lot. I've been it. thinking this a lot lately. I'm sick of being shamed for just like kind of not liking the outside. I like it inside. Uh, yeah, I don't like a hike. It's like climate it control. There's cushioned seats. Largely, there's no bugs because I don't live in the south, like in the north. Like, I, I... Elizabeth and I it's... have this conversation because I freak out when I see bugs and she's like, dude, they're everywhere here. Like, you, you just get bugs. I'm like, yeah, no, if you get bugs here. You can take care of it. Like it's. You know. I do hate bugs. Man, do. The indoors is cool, and don't shame people for liking the indoors. Okay, every as my mama used to say, it takes all kinds. Schnars. <laughs> surely, it sure does. Surely the world needs indoor people too. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. You guys can go out. And yes, hide. it's hard on the West Coast as an indoor person. Yeah. Are you one of us? 
Yes. Nine, oh, wonderful. I love it. Oh, gosh. You guys. John, I think you're on a show here with three indoor people. So watch, watch, <laughs> yeah. your, watch your tongue. Hey, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you know. <laughs> going to reverse bully you or take, just bully i don't know just bully take your man bun and go on a hike forward bully. <laughs> all right everyone it is time let's take a quick break so that we can review the spine of night this is it Jennifer. your big break in tv from the front time Another bonus, John, to the inside. All the food is here and all the ways to cook the food. Correct. Unless you make a fire. Sorry, I was on mute there. Unless you um, make a fire. Okay. You get a, you get a fire pit, Eric. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you I bought it? I bought a pretty, I splurged on a fire pit for the, for the new house. Very excited. When are we going to get a I tour? do like a fire pit. When are we going to get like a fireside show appearance? I mean, it's going to be tough. Like we don't, you know, it's really only going to be a weekend situation, but you know, I, I don't I'll like, try. you know, I'll I don't do like, best. I don't like background noise, but I would, I would suspend that rule to watch you sit in front of a fire and be on the show. <laughs> it would be hot. I feel like for the whole show, but <laughs> I don't care I don't about see. your comfort, John. You're an outdoor yeah. person. You should like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, please bring us the word of the day. John, someday we won't we won't be doing this show at some point, someday. And then like what are you what are you gonna do when your self-esteem gets too high? <laughs> I'll be, text you. Can I give me I'll a call? You. I'll you put get, you all on listen, a group. Text what are you gonna do when you need to get what do you got? You got any Steven Seagal references? Yeah, what are you gonna do when you need to get taken down a peg, you know? If you're feeling too good about yourself. Eric, I don't even want to think about that. Oh boy. All right. Uh today's word, Eric, is shaman. I was kind of shocked I hadn't used this before, but Caitlin verified. Uh, it's not just me making the mistake. <laughs> we get it wrong. Um, shaman, a person regarded as having access to and influence in the world of good and evil spirits, especially among some peoples of Northern Asia and North America. Typically, such people enter a trance state during a ritual and practice divination and healing. I assume, though I did not research further, that this is a gender-neutral term. But I'm curious if there's there didn't there didn't immediately seem to be a sort of female. The the main the character, girl one is like with an N N E at the end. Shaman. I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> I, was like, I was like trying to. I was, really? saying, I was actually like workshopping the same joke in my head, but I didn't get there. So Eric, um, excuse me. <laughs> always. <laughs> So this, all right, so this comes from, and I, this is the first time I've ever seen this, Tungus. I didn't, I, I'm going to look this up. Tungus. Go on. Through Russian. So I'm assuming this must be like a Asian steppe mm. type of language. Siberia. Yeah. So Tungus is a, originally from Siberia. That is where the original root word, it was S-A-M-E-N, or that's Samain, something like that. Um and then it comes to us the, through Russian becomes shaman and comes to us uh, from there. Love it. Well, John, there's a character in this movie. We actually have two fancy library people here. I believe, Matilda, you revealed <sighs> recently that you were also a fancy library person, right? So there's a character <laughs> in this movie who he's like a sort of a 
we we find out he has nefarious aims, but we're introduced to him. He's basically like a master scholar. There's like a, a community of scholars. They're like a citadel kind of, and yes. like and librarians, and they're sort of like keepers of knowledge in this ancient fantasy world. And bloody good horror, if you will. And uh, man, that guy is just horny for books. <laughs> yeah. So horny for books, and he's got these cool little finger doodles, like long. I don't mm-hmm. know what that is. Are those like? Do you see write with those? Are those for page? No, no. I think they were page turning things. But officially, that was not, they're like book tongs. <laughs> yeah. They're book tongs. Yeah. Officially, now anytime <laughs> we bring up John, your time in the Duke, whatever that was, manuscript library, the rare, the rare, book rare book, book library. This is what I'm picturing now: is horny yeah, yeah. spine of night guy. Like he literally was talking about <laughs> it in a sexual, like how excited he was about. These books, he, he it out. would be my avatar if I had a place <laughs> to have an avatar. Yeah. So, does that uh, mean Eric, Eric? For those of you that are not watching the live show, has a petulant king behind him. <laughs> yeah. What are you trying to say, Kayla? <laughs> what are you trying to say? Eric? I'm trying to say this was immediately the character I thought of when I was like, "Who do I want behind me?" <laughs> John, tell me about the Spine of Night. This was my pick. I, I caught this on Shutter TV and was like, "This looks different. Let's watch this." It is a thousand percent different. Yes, I can say that. Um. I did like a quick set course of research. And by that, I mean, I was very curious, like who, who made this? Um, there's two writer directors, Philip Gillat and Morgan Galen King. One of these gentlemen, and I'll click now just to see, cause I can't remember. Basically one of them was sort of like the lead animator or like it was, it looks to be someone primarily known for animation work. And then the other one, so that's, uh, the Galen King one is the animation one. Philip Gillat, um, he is known for, according to IMDb, writing a little movie called Europa Report. Oh. Fabled in Bloody Good Horror the Lore. Lost. As, so, yeah. Matilda, what we reviewed, we did a, mo- a show on the Europa Report. Have you seen that? I it's like a faux no. documentary where a group of astronaut scientists go to Europa, the Saturn's moon to look for life. But like 99.9% of it is like an extremely dry science, like fake documentary. And then one of the coolest shots I've ever seen happens in the last 30 seconds. Our show on it. I wonder, I would, I wish I had kept it so I could go back, but our show on it, I went back and listened was so boring. I decided to delete it and we never put it out. We just skipped the show that week. (laughs) <laughs> I the, thought it got like ac- accidentally lost no, no, no. and then it was I, like should we record that again that was, was like, intentional no, no, no. That the accidental yeah. one was Ryan Reynolds buried alive movie that was oh, a, buried that was a total accident that one oh. but those were the two I didn't realize we lost that those one those were the two long lost episodes yeah but, in, but well, that's, that's even, super interesting yeah so he wrote that he wrote like a Tomb Raider knockoff slash spinoff he did the the uh, love death and robots show and he was a writer on that i've watched some of that it's cool but i but i think and, that was an anthology kind of thing, like different people yeah well and so he also wrote and directed they remain which i don't we think we watched yeah we did it I'm did we sure. i might not have seen it but maybe we did it on the show i can't remember which one that was but now I'm gonna look um it. in any event like he's a horror guy <laughs> he's done some stuff um the other guy uh, is the animation guy in any event. I, it's interesting. You mentioned like the love and sex and robots thing as an a- anthology, because in some ways this movie is an anthology, right? Like it's, it is telling this like epic fantasy story 
through the lens of this shaman, female woman shaman person we did. who was leading like she, they call they kept calling her swamp, Witch. they basically, there was like a group of people living in the swamp. They had access to secret power via this like plant that she iridescent wore. like blue plant thing. That's very omnipresent in the movie, but I think it lived in the swamp too. But then what happens is the swamp gets destroyed. So the one she's wearing is like the only one left. It gets stolen from her by like some, an agent sent by the library horny book person. I have a question that, about that guy. Cause I got lost how he ended up in captivity. We can come back to it. Yeah. I mean, look, there's a lot of unexplained things in this movie where I was going is like witch doctor or, or a swamp, witch, the, the shaman, <laughs> she gets killed. Um, but we, we know that she's alive later in the movie because the movie is basically being told in, uh, flashbacks through her interactions with this guy who's guarding this final with, flower with the most fantasy movie dude of all time. He's my, he's my second favorite yeah. after horny yeah. librarian is well, like he's basically like guard the, well, he's the last uh, crusade guy. Remember the guy at the end of last crusade. Isn't there like, there's like the guardian. I've never seen that movie, John, the Indiana Jones movie. The only, hey, the only Indiana <sighs> Jones movie I've ever seen is temple of doom, which is weirdly on brand for me. I mean, that's probably the best if you're only going to watch one, but like, I don't understand why you aren't watching the other one. Like those are like excellent movies that you should not deny yourself in any event. That's where that was the reference for me, uh, at least for the guardian guy. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. We don't even need to like get into the ins and outs of the plot. Basically she's telling the story in reverse or not in reverse. Like she's looking back, telling the story mostly in order, but the sweep of time that is covered is quite long. I think hundreds of years. Um, and it's really about so like, I couldn't suss that part out. Like time was, what is time, John? Yeah. Well, that, that is posed by this film to a certain extent, it's true. which took them seven years to make. Maybe they like lost track of themselves, but, but where, I, I mean, all that to say, it is this sort of like high fantasy world with a shitload of magic and this story told, uh, through flashbacks, but each of the individual stories are themselves like their own little narrative arcs right it's like a, and some of them it's don't like a, it's really like a have larger, that much to do with like the main story it's like a larger world and we just are popping in and out of places and people's sections of it that are also kind of interacting like there is a large story but it's w loosely woven together yeah we should say like this is marketed as and i think very sort of like on like, it's not straight horror but it is Super duper gory. Gruesome. Um, there are like many scary things. Like there's like they they like lean into horror tropes, but it is not structured like a horror film. Like there, you're not meant to be. I have like, a question. Scared. What's the what's the difference between high fantasy and low fantasy? Is it specifically the magic? Uh, that's not though. I think of it more as like kings and queens and like. Uh, like palace intrigue, but that might just be a, de that might be an incorrect definition. I was just curious because like, it's so mm -hmm. dark and violent and like nihilistic and stuff, but it, but there is this like very fantasy ass magic stuff happening. So I don't know. It's, it's I don't know. Matilda or Caitlin, do you have a better fan <laughs> fantasy definition? Okay. It may be, maybe I'm using that incorrectly. And to it. your point, it's just fantasy yeah. and it is blending yeah, maybe it's that, both. That, I don't know. I will, I will Google. Okay. Um, Matilda, why don't you kick us off tonight? What do you think? 
Um, I was a little worried at the beginning of this, but um, I ultimately really, really liked it. Um, I was worried that it was going to go in kind of a, I think I may have said this in the email, like a kind of faux indigenous via Russ Meyer direction. And then when we got into the like plant has secret knowledge, I was like, was this just going to go in a psychedelics direction? But it went all sorts of directions that were actually great. Um, the gore is beautiful. The, the, the music is great. Um, there is a distracting and puzzling amount of nudity in this movie that I think we can get into. But ultimately, I thought so much of this was great. And even the parts that could have and maybe should have been a little silly to me, I really liked. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of like doft punk looking like uh, godsons and... yeah. What was your, like, I think we should all pick, like, what was the favorite mini, if you were like, I don't know, if you have like one part of the the anthology. I think for me, it's the Citadel. I think for me, it's the like kind of um, library, Mm -hmm. um, like the knowledge keeper weirdos. Yeah. 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 Betty Gabriel, I think that was my favorite. I'm like, I literally watched it last night for the second time. There's so much shit happens. I'm trying to like, I really liked the weird bird people Mm -hmm. and like their deal. They just like roll up in this sci-fi ass fortress with like knives and a stick. And I kind of dug and then like murder the shit out of a bunch of people. Well, and and there's like, there's like the steampunk balloon, like thing that they're flying. That stuff was really cool. And they're all dressed like the guy on the back of the bike in Mad Max too. Like Mm -hmm. they're all dressed like (laughs) (laughs) that. Like it's one of those fantasy worlds where every, every like little subculture you exist is completely different from everything else. Like (laughs) there is no crossover. All right, quickly. So I looked it up. So low fantasy, or this is like a pretty clear definition, or intrusion fantasy is a subgenre of fantasy fiction in which magical events intrude on an otherwise normal world. So that would make Mm. Game of Thrones per se low fantasy. The term thus contrasts with high fantasy stories, which take place in fictional worlds that have their own sets of rules and physical laws. So I would think that that would qualify this as high fantasy. Yeah, I think Game of Thrones is probably also high because like, the magic well, existed but in the previously. Books, though, yeah, but in the here's why I would argue that because that is a <laughs> world is not a, that is a world ahead. that all of their myths and stories involve magic, but the their current lives involve zero magic. And what is yeah. happening in the story is the magic is beginning to creep back into Fair. their reality. By the time you get to like late stage, like yeah, there's dragons and the shit, but like that's not how it starts. Yeah, all right. Okay, you counterpoint, Schnars. <laughs> Caitlin, what did you think? I think that I'm probably the the most negative on this side of the crew. Uh, I like you, Eric. We talked pre-show about how we immediately recognized a couple voices. I was very excited about the cast. Love Pat Oswalt. Love Lucy Lawless. Um, but it just didn't land for me. I don't know if the structure was confusing to me or if maybe just some of the segments didn't appeal to me because I, I feel like I kind of lost the thread, lost a little bit of interest as things were moving along. Um, I did really like the final battle scene. We get some resurrected dead guys, soldiers fighting. We get a really beautiful 
um, you know, the, the whole thing is this magical plant and it's going extinct, question mark, I think. I, I, that's one of the <laughs> areas I was confused about. Mm-hmm. But we get this beautiful rain of uh, little blue seedlings that it was, I don't know, wrapped things up really nicely for me. Uh, but in general, I just kind of had a hard time following it. And um, I just thought the acting, I don't know if it just didn't match the animation well enough for me, but I, I wasn't super jazzed on it. And uh, I also found the nudity a little distracting. Um, I wanted to give them credit for making Lucy Lawless's character larger bodied. She had armpit hair. I was like, rad, that's really cool. But then at the same time, Matilda and I were talking, like, she is, like, conventionally hourglass shaped. Her boobs, like, defy gravity. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just... uh, I don't know. I have some questions about it. I did appreciate that it wasn't just naked women throughout, though. There were some naked men. Um, but it lot, just uh, was a, there confusing. Is, there are a lot of um, hilariously adorable animated Animated meaners. penises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Just> little danglers. <laughs> like you're trying to catch a fish or something. Um, but okay. I, I just thought that, like, oh, they really thought they were doing something by making her, like, slightly voluptuous but it, i i don't know i was just a little bit like okay like nice try i guess <laughs> yeah i had some earth goddess concerns about that that we can talk about but that and the the like yeah. question mark indigenous like i what was happening here so i was uh, i don't know i was taken out of it a little bit by my questions but i will admit like i i kudos to the people that animate i have no fucking idea how that works that alone is magic so good good for them john I, I went in, I would say I was pretty intrigued. I had never heard it. I had no idea what this was until Eric, you were kind of like, oh, I found this random thing. On this was a pretty out like, of left field pick for me. And I could feel everybody's energy like, okay, sure. Yeah. I, I really liked it. I mean, I, <laughs> part of it's like, I'm, I'm sort of often game for something that's just like completely different from anything else I've seen. Like that's a, there's like a little bit of, um, I don't know, just like, newness factor that that can win me over and and it definitely did it's it is like a very weird thing um we didn't we haven't hit on it so much but there's like there's a lot of like uh college stoner philosophy that's <laughs> laced throughout this but in a way that works it's it's dialed in pretty well yeah <laughs> yeah it's not like super heavy-handed but there's there's enough i mean it's i mean we talked about the librarians and this a lot of the like fantasy tropes. I don't, again, I, I read like some fantasy. I'm like sort you know passingly familiar with some, but I don't have necessarily like great references for all this stuff. But like this concept of um, the secret knowledge or knowledge being hoarded and having power, mm-hmm. and then like, but then to your, you, you sort of mentioned like the magic and this like extreme you know this extreme version of knowledge that that brought with it. Um, I don't know. Like it was all. It's it's not it sounds more it sounds smarter when it or more cogent when it's coming from these characters amazingly. Um, it's yeah it's a very strange movie. I think it clips along pretty well, largely because of the way it's structured. So even and if there's you are so many different like, set pieces, you just like from one to the next to the next. Yeah, even so, if you do hit one where you're like, what the fuck is going on? It kind of is just going to be over, and you're going to be back into the you know, arc of the story, as we were discussing briefly at the very beginning, it's not a hundred percent clear to me how much time is meant to have passed, but it's at least like hinted at that. Like the, the librarian people use the secret flower to like conquer the entire 
land, right? Like, so there's at least like some, you know, large scope narrative going on there, but it's all, you see it all through these like little snippets. Like one of the things that I really enjoyed and it's like, it's such a weird one is like, you get this short, uh, little arc about these two people whose village is just like destroyed and they're like lovers or maybe they're like early Dude, newlyweds or something. So brutal. Yeah. And like, they just get annihilated. Like you basically just see this sort of like horrendous way that, that this, this power is used to like destroy these. Their conversation these to me is some of the best dialed in philosophy in the movie. Cause it's a pretty straightforward well, conversation they're happening. And it's like very, you know, it's a little, it's just very sweet. And then they, they're just like straight up murdered. Well, they're just like, well, this is our fate, I guess. Yeah. The, um, isn't that, that's where the name of the movie comes from is that dialogue between the two. Oh, of them, which, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, so look, like I, we, we can talk <laughs> the nudity piece, like we, we will have to dig it. Like it's just such a specific choice. And like I was saying this over email, but it's sort of limited. It limits the, just like limits the audience. Like I can only recommend this to so many people. Like if it was, if she was naked, like who, who cares half the movie, you said that earlier, who gives a shit? Well, Are you it's more just like, about I don't know. Having There's movies like, to recommend to people. Well, I, yeah, no, no, no. Like, I still enjoy it. That's totally fine. But it, like, I would like be championing this movie to other people. Like, you know, people ask me, like, "Yeah, hey, what do you watch? What's pretty cool?" I'd be like, "Yeah, watch this like pretty wild animation thing." But then they're gonna watch and be like, "What the fuck?" Because it's the first five minutes of the movie. She's walking around naked. Yeah, I just don't give people movie recommendations, or, or I give them like <laughs> I give separate recommendations for plebes than I would versus somebody who might be like listening to the show. No, no. Well, look, I have a similar strategy, but. You know, either way, like and I, try to be I would tell people that this is like a legit good movie. Yeah, I would. Uh, it, you know, but I so. would, and then see. But what there would come. be an asterisk, maybe around. <laughs> well, just yeah. like get ready. That's your freak. Yeah. Well, yeah, jump. no, you have to. You have to be like, look, they made some <laughs> weird choices, like, and like, if this puts you off because there's like one, there's this one naked lady walking around the whole time, like, just be forewarned. I um was. Hold on, but let me snooze this Windows thing that's trying to restart my computer. Fucking Windows. Um, mm. I was doing some work a couple weeks ago. Picked this up in sh on Shutter right during the scene where they're escaping from the cell. Mm. So I had no idea what was going on, although not that seeing the previous 20 minutes super helps, but was actually found myself getting like distracted from what I was doing, which is pretty rare in a world where many of the movies we watch for the show, I can barely pay attention to. So I was super intrigued that this thing like had my attention that much. That was when I recommended it. I watched a lot of it at that point. I went back to it last night, rewatched the whole thing and just like sat here like pretty riveted and decided that like, I really love this movie I don't know. I know Casey or somebody compared it to like heavy metal, which was that eighties sort of. And mm -hmm. I, I see that influence, especially like in that rotoscope style. I've never seen that. So it, there won't, there wasn't any real nostalgia point here for me, but man, whatever this, this soup of this thing is of like fantasy, steampunk, sci-fi, violent, like crazy. I realize like, I love animated violence. Like give me more stuff like this. Like I want to find, more stuff in this vein. And I also really enjoyed this particular vein of sort of, I don't even want to dismiss it by calling it pseudo philosophy. Cause I actually think like it has a core of some interesting ideas. Mm -hmm. It's just that the language gets so flowery around it sometimes that you're like, 
But sometimes that can be enjoyable when the language is just flowery enough where you're like, oh shit, this is smart as shit, dude. Like I should have smoked weed before I watched this. But like, <laughs> because it's like when, when you have, when, let me put it this way. When the philosophy is too easy to understand for me, then I feel like you're not smart enough. Like I want the person spoon feeding me philosophy to convince me they're smarter than I am, but not so smart that I can't follow it. And so that's where I think this movie has like a pretty, like you mentioned John waking life, which is like, you can't make goddamn like, that's just like pure word salad from beginning to end. So like, but it is really reminiscent of some of the conversations, especially like in this movie. Anyway, Eric, you and I often are like on the same page with stuff, but we had the exact opposite experiences oh, for this funny. one. Well, because like I kept wanting to look at my phone, I was like, I, I was don't like, care about I was, the I was riveted by this movie, <laughs> and like it's that stuff aside. Because honestly, the philosophy is really, I think, kind of window dressing to it. It's like a, it's like a more interesting like core that you can dig down into, but it's just, it's a really beautiful fascinatingly visual movie uh, we were looking up before the show that it's it's all rotoscoped like 12 frames a second or something so what that does it, it gives almost like a kind of jerky feel to the animation but it, it gives every single um character moves in this really fascinating deliberate kind of way and it makes the combat and the violence very interesting visually um it's very ethereal. There's an eth- yeah, ethereal way to put feel it. to the whole I do thing. love that when a character just kills another character in this movie, there is just no mercy. Like when you get these, when the the um, library dude is possessed and, or whatever, connects with the power and then has this army of the dead or whatever it is. Or no, it's the, uh, whatever, I don't know, bald dude. Um, those guys just eviscerate the shit out of people. Like literally, and they're just unbothered by anyone trying to fight them. They're just like, or... You know, Matilda in the library scene, he's got this like magic whip sort of thing that's just like slicing people into a hundred pieces. And I I loved, I really enjoyed that stuff. Um, I didn't really didn't put much thought into the nudity, particularly because it's not sexualized. So like, I really just sort of chalked it up at face value of like, we're in sort of a um, fantasy post-apocalyptic kind of place. Um which is not to say there's anything wrong with putting more thought into it, but I just didn't, none of it struck me as problematic or not. I did think the boob physics are a little crazy. Like it's hard because they're just so omnipresent in those scenes. It's hard not to be paying attention. And sometimes they're just like, whoa, like you could tell. But when just she's a laying on her side, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You could just tell there were, a couple, there were a couple of <laughs> frames where like they weren't sure what direction they should be moving in, um, which is just kind of funny. But um and like I said, I did, I did enjoy the little animated danglers that you get at some point. But uh, I don't know. There's just, a, I really liked how epic the world feels. And it's like, I love this vibe that there is a larger churn to the world that's happening that people are caught, people and societies are caught up in, but they don't necessarily understand. And so we're dropping in and out of people. Like we've seen how the power got unleashed, how the army of the army was formed, what the per, that person's motivation is, but then you just will be in a society where it's like, they're just, they don't know, they're just there. And then they get attacked and all murdered. And so that's a thing I love about Game of Thrones is when fantasy points out the fact that information does not travel the way it does in modern times and that people don't travel the way they do in modern times. Like this movie 
this movie puts an, a, an exclamation point on the flow of information and travel in a, this, a similar way to Game of Thrones, which is a thing I really, really love because it changes how everything in the world interacts that, you know, an army might just show up at your doorstep and you might not know why. And it might just murder the crap out of you while you're writing haikus with your lover. <laughs> and one guy might be, you know, 20 feet tall and like yeah. have blue eyes. <laughs> so, I love the and blue. the sharpest swords you've ever seen. Whatever that, <laughs> whatever right that particular shade of blue is, I really liked. And I liked that kind of as like a recurring kind of like visual mm-hmm. motif in the movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. And it's interesting because it's different. I don't have a lot of other things like this I could immediately point to that I liked. Yeah. <laughs> How about that Patton Oswalt? I'm very curious. Like I love him wait, in this movie. I do too. <laughs> like, do you think so? Were they just like kind of like when you're making a movie like this over seven years? It's like, do you write the whole thing and then you're like, all right, when's Patton available? Like, well, it's gonna make you know. I mean, it's because otherwise it is it's very strange they have this like like joe manganello like shows up and does like a it's like there's a very strange you know, fa- famed people. voice actor joe manganello well that leads me to believe because <laughs> oh. knowing this person has done some horror movies which by the way john we did they remain it's really good i don't know i feel like you were on that show but it, i don't I'll, they're the I'll scientists up, but... who are um look at they're like at a little it's like a near future they're at a little station out in the woods and they're they're researching a cult or something or no, I definitely didn't see this. It's got the I guy from The Good Place in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm looking at it. So maybe he just had friends. Like that's a whenever there's a bunch of random people in a movie like this, I always feel like, all right, this person had some kind of connection. Well, they have agents. Like their agent could get it. Yeah. And Patton Oswalt's the kind of person and he's who, a like, huge nerd. Loves loves fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I can see him being like this type yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 The king. He loves a good petulant king. I think. So I love. This I think it reminds. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say Patton Oswalt reminds me of like, you know, when Henry Rollins is playing against type, like when he's playing like uh-huh. a cop or a Nazi or something, and he's just having the best time. You could tell that Patton yeah. Oswalt is just having the best Do time. Do the scene where um, his, he gets burned and then they're like <laughs> dressing his wounds and he's just shrieking. I was like, I can't listen to this. This is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I am in pain. but i love the so good to watch though he's so funny and it's not like cast as funny necessarily but he brings that element to it and when he's correcting he's like lord you know whatever whatever his name is it's it's i love the line where he then he comes down to the dungeon later and is like you burned my face and i like return favors in kind so i burned the swamp and then she stands and there's like the visual reveal that the whole like horizon is on fire i thought that was a pretty cool Visual. Although it's funny that she never thinks to use her magic to escape until the other dude's like, hey, could you like escape us right now? Could we like get out? <laughs> She's like, right. Yes. Magic well, she didn't flowers. use the magic at all. Like she, you know, she never really accessed its like full power until she was forced. And then it's, you know, and then when she sees it being used for evil, she decides like, all right, I got to, you know, go to town. Although hundreds of years later, potentially unclear. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, some of the, like, some of the visuals are, are really incredible. The, like the guy who like, like that, what's the deal with like the eyeball that's coming out of the guy that comes out of his, or is that at the very end? When is the, the, there's like an eyeball. 
Oh, and his stomach oh, he has opens. A big torso eyeball. There's a yeah, couple. Yeah, yeah. That eyeball shows up a couple times because it also shows up. Doesn't show up above the library in that fight. Like the sky opens up uh-huh. and there's like an eye. Oh, maybe. Because that's what there's a whole. That's when the whole like thing is going on there. So. Yeah. You know, John, eye magic. Like oh you, <laughs> you watch this more than once. Like I do feel like it's the kind of thing you could pick. There's like a lot of dude. It has so much. It here. has so much atmosphere. Like. I could see it becoming a background movie for me because it's just got, you know, it's kind of fun to listen to. Like everybody's kind of hamming it up. Caitlin, background movie or no? <laughs> no, not, <laughs> not for me. I also, I wanted to come back to Matilda. You mentioned this over email and it was my first thought slash concern too is, uh, so she's from a swamp, Lucy Lawless's character. And like, again, love Lucy Lawless was so happy that, that she was mm-hmm. the voice, but like, the way she's uh, coded is, she, she's is the very. Shaman. What's that? She's the shaman. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't. I couldn't catch swamp it. swamp witch. Excuse the swamp me. witch, you know, which is a, a listen a title that I would love one day <laughs> the to swamp, work towards. Swamp witch. <laughs> um, but like, is she coded indigenous? I was confused at the start, and I think that took me out of it right at the beginning, where I was like, uh oh, like I don't know about this. Well, why? I'm curious, like. Why is it because of the way they're dressed? Because of her relationship, like with the earth and sort of Matilda, you were saying like a little bit like leaning towards like earth goddess type stuff and the way she was dressed and like her people. And I was just kind of like, so let me me ask a question though. Cause I, I I asked this question generally out of uh, genuinely out of ignorance. Like, can you not do a character like this in a fantasy setting or is there, are there, rules for lack of a better word like are there things to sort of think about while you're doing it like well that's a good question i mean i i think that you know that comes up a lot in fantasy discussions and sci-fi where it's like do the rules of sort of like sexism and racism and things like that do they still apply when we're thinking about you know fictional universes and we're creating our own sort of spaces and rules and cultures within it i think it just I don't know. They, they made a point to have various races throughout. And I don't know the fact that the shaman character was like a curvy white naked lady. And I was just like, I don't know. I just, there was something about it that just made like, I, it didn't end up being a thing, but I was concerned at first that it would, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I think Matilda, maybe you had yeah. the same thought. I did. I had some concerns about like, because the violence against her is pretty gendered at the beginning. Like Patton Oswalt's talking about how he's going to open the, like spread the swamp and take what he wants kind of. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, that, that there was, that line was like very explicit for sure. Yeah. And she's kind of like forced down on her knees and she's the only naked person at a certain point. And so, yeah, if she is coded as a woman of color, like I, I, I was starting to get worried as she's being like led away mm. in shackles I, by clothed white people. It was interesting that at no point nobody went, "Hey, you're naked. What's up with that?" <laughs> <laughs> like, not a single person. Not a single person in the well, movie in the is like. I fantasy of this. There's like worlds where you know villages where that are very civilized where people just aren't wearing pants for no reason that we can really figure out either. I mean, they're like, not comfortable if you don't have uh, to wear them. That's true. But in battle, I mean, that's Eric and no, I yeah, have our true. email, like you're in battle. It's don't you ca- want to cover some of your more vulnerable areas? It's called working. <laughs> that's from a lot home. of bits in battle. Yeah. My only true. counterpoint would be if you were playing like a dark souls game or something, she's like a magic wielder. So she's not really like, she's not engaging in fisticuffs. It's more about, 
she's a range attacker in video game terms. So, but I yeah. But when I'm thinking of D and D, there could be someone else that their their weapon of choice is a broadsword and just. But there are (laughs) there are a lot of archers in this universe, so that's certainly a concern. It is pretty brutal that the one dude who survives the slaughter of that one city literally could have killed that. I mean, well, maybe not because he's kind of killed the end and comes back to life. But like he just misses by like a foot. That's so brutal. And they just turn to murder him like, oh, God. Mm-hmm. I liked when they, I think it's that same village when the troops are marching in and there's two guys in an alley and one of them's like, fuck this and runs away. And the other guy steps out and he's like, hey, and like swings at one of them. And the guy's just like this and just like cuts him in half. And- <laughs> it was great gore. Like the amount of guts and so like bloody. blood explosions, like not just like bleeding, dripping, but just everywhere. I, I did appreciate that. That that brought the horror element. Because at first I was like, I don't, I'm not getting horror notes from this, but it's on Shudder and we're covering it. And then I like the gore and the violence did, you know, turn It's it interesting because it almost has a post-apocalyptic yeah. vibe in the way that there seems to be old ruined societies that they're sort of like trying to gather knowledge from. And there is some like, you know, electronic, there's like sci-fi, there's a ship. There are like ships and stuff at some point. But it, it was like, it was steampunk, right? Like there was no well, yeah, electronic still, component like, to it. It's a ship, John. It's a flying spaceship. Like well, shit they the figured out like the dumbest flying, it like <laughs> flapped its wings, <laughs> but it also had like a moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, was, it was really But ridiculous. it's, um, <laughs> that aspect of it was, was interesting and almost, uh, I think you, Matilda mentioned Mad Max. Like there's a definite vibe to that. It what so like the on the the swamp witch, I didn't get like an indigenous or like I at no point it look just putting my cards on the table, I at no point did it like strike me that it was like a there was like a racer or um any that kind of there was in my mind it very it tiptoed right up to the edge of like the level of gender violence that did not feel appropriate yeah and to your point matilda it was mostly in the dialogue and in the way like yeah because the way really she was ha- being her, right? handled specifically but then it doesn't like there's no actual sexual violence like it's all right. like this implied which is like worse maybe well, i don't know like it's just i it mean was very I, strange i, I think in the end, but that's all like, in the beginning, right? Like that that tone. Listen, that's, falls a, that's away, also I think a, after that, the first twenty minutes. That's also a pretty it does, big. It, go ahead. There's one more scene where the um in a flash forward where the the imprisoned like library flunky who ultimately rises to power yes, um, yeah, yeah. is in the base is in the dungeon with like two also larger like very voluptuous dead. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Mm, Oh, that was, was, well, and that was like very explicit, but he was, and they even, there's like a line where he's like, he's like, I can bring you more women, like implying that he was like having sex with them. And then the guy's like, well, I'm just drinking there. He was just using their blood. He just, but no, it's cool. Yeah. I was concerned at first. Like I, I, it didn't become an issue throughout the movie, but I'm just saying when I first started it, I was like, Oh damn it. Like, I don't know about this. And I, I, luckily it was fine. I just, my first reaction, my gut reaction was like, Oh no, no, no. And I'm sorry. I guess, sorry. What I was saying is like, I actually agree with you. And and it does, it comes back to the like tone that's set by how having her be like, just fully nude for, the first, because I think the first scene is her walking up the mountain, right? It's like not even 
It starts yeah. with her walking up. Does so it? you get yeah. this like extended like nude woman walking in the snow sequence. And then you get all but this again, sort of like. It's like for me, it's so matter of fact and not sexualized. No character ever mentions it. Like I literally just forgot about it at some point. I was just like, okay, this is just the well, lady the, with the no nude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sure. That part of it. Mm-hmm. I love the relationship between her and this like guardian who at first mm-hmm. wants to kill her. And then like at the end, they're just like so tender with each other. Like he's laying down, she's like whispering in his ear and he's just like, he's finally getting to like unlet all of his angst from like, you know, eons or whatever. Um, I That's just, the one you should have had as your background. Eric. I love that. I love that character. He's like a, like I said in the beginning, he's like a fantasy ass fantasy character because you like no part of it makes sense. Like, how old are you? How do you eat? Well, Where do you go to the bathroom? And, like, is this, are you like supernatural? Like, what is this? Right? What is you're now? Well, now skeleton. you're reminding me. That's the other part of this movie that gives you the full scope of time. Right, and I like because, I like it as a wraparound device. Yeah, like once you know, like once he starts explaining how many guardians there's been, there has been, and like that, it's just yeah, that's where you're like, oh, it's been a long time since she was. It dead. weirdly, there's something in the philosophy of this movie that kind of reminded me of Prometheus, and mm-hmm. it's like in the way that that movie explores this idea of like forbidden knowledge of like, because that's sort of what this movie is about, I guess. This not like at one point they say it really explicitly that like what the guardian eventually learned is that everything that we care about and fight over here on earth is meaningless. And that that's the ultimate knowledge that they're like sheltering people from, which really is like kind of the message of Prometheus and, uh, the, the next, the sequel to that. Um, the, cause, they, cause they're seeking out the engineers and then discover that they basically were like just a random rogue experiment and we're going to be wiped out. And that's like, where we kind of end up in that story. So I don't know. I'm kind of spoiler alert. I'm fast as a, as a, uh, an atheist. Yeah. That's that idea is interesting to me. It kind of appeals to me that like, eh, it doesn't fucking mean anything. Right. And that was kind of, I liked that the hidden knowledge was so nihilistic. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing good there. <laughs> good <about it. laughs> and I love those visuals though, of like the people getting the glimpses, like what, the way that they sort of animated that was really yeah. cool. Well, it's the kind yeah. of thing like you can only do in animation. Really. Light. Like you, you could do this whole, there's like, I mean, obviously they can do anything now with, with uh, the, in real, like it doesn't have to be animation, but it actually like feels more credible <laughs> in, in animated in, in this, in the way they made this, so yeah, co-signed. Yeah, and it made me realize how much I love big animated battle scenes, mm. even potentially more than live action big battle scenes that, it, that they're just so full of grunting. Whereas here, you can actually see the fullness of like well, you can get so epic. Yeah, and, it's funny because yeah. in the middle of it, I was like, dude, I now wish Game of Thrones had been an animated series <laughs> because if when I I watched that show and then went back and read the books and then returned to the last couple seasons of the show. And it just killed like when you think of like the battle of the Blackwater or something, which is like the most epic thing I've ever read in a book. And then in the show, there's like eight CGI boats and like no people around. And it's just like, what the fuck is what happened? Like yeah. to think of what some of those battles would look like animated got me really excited. And well, I, like, I hope you that can, that happens. You, you can do, I mean, I'm trying to think of like, what's the biggest battles that, like the Avengers Endgame or whatever the, what the second one, I think it was Endgame was the second one where 
um, you know, there are like these huge battle sequences. They're just fucking expensive, expensive. to make. Well, they're right. Yeah. They're way less expensive than this. Right, like Lord of the Rings. No, no, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Lord of the Rings, stuff like that. But um, it's very hard for like HBO to do that for one episode of totally. Game of Thrones. Totally. It's bullshit. Uh, all right. Yeah, and the other thing that oh, sorry, no, go for it. <laughs> the other thing that I really loved was you talked about the blue in this uh, from mm. the flower and like glowing with inside people, but there's also like the red of the blood and the use of blood in mm-hmm. this movie is really great. Mm-hmm. One when it like rushes into the dungeon, and then also in the battle sequences where it's just like all over the floor in that pool at the end. That was cool. Yeah. I love. I mean, the, I just the I Citadel think the animation, the, the blood's like cloud comes up from the battle and then goes into the temple where the guy is. That's pretty cool. That they, was cool. They yeah. Just, yeah, they Everybody's just like, they the they've had they made some amazing art direction decisions, right? Like the whole color palette, like it looks really really good. That's the thing that was so surprising to me, and it shouldn't be right. Like it, the other like comp, it's not really. I haven't seen it, but there's this movie Mad God that like took however long to make. Um, I think it's uh it's like maybe like stop motion animation and not this this style of animation. But you know, when someone is spending the time and like you can make an animated movie over ten years. Like the actors don't change age, you know? Like mm-hmm. so it, it it shouldn't be shocking. That's that an someone, interesting point that did not occur. Yeah, like that someone crafted this as lovingly as they did and like clearly put the thought and time. You see it when you watch it. You're like experiencing Dude. the care that someone took with this. I'm currently working on like a side project that's taken me by the time it comes out probably a year and like, it's very small in scope compared to the, like to th- the idea of working on something this large over 10 years, like whoever you are out there, pat yourself on the back. All you, all the people involved, like, just like that shit is hard. Oh my God. Yeah. Staying motivated, especially when it's that long between conception and being able to put something out in the world is, is a pretty amazing thing. Just needed one more year to work on those boot physics, and it would have been perfect. Flawless movie. <laughs> Could have had Caitlin Listen, on board. I don't know. I, you might have. That might have set me over the, the boot, edge. Boot I think it might have. <laughs> Although Caitlin, can you? I, I assume you also would call BS on the comfort of like um, na- of naked hiking in the winter oh on a mountain it's, with snow. I know. I was like, aren't you? Aren't they cold? <laughs> I, I mean, the chub rub. Just no. Yeah, there's not a chance. Like <laughs> just put a, the, put a the, little like something on your feet and like all of them the chafing alone just couldn't handle (laughs) no (laughs) ma'am there's like a lot of um like and i guess i I would liken this to like a high fantasy kind of world where like the guy raises an army and then the next scene they're all just outfitted that's the kind of thing i think about now after watching game of thrones (laughs) like reading game of thrones like yeah where'd your uniforms come from huh you tell me (laughs) Perfectly matching uniforms in this society without factories. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, all right. Oh, uh, the uh, one random weird thing. I did like that randomly. Uh, you just get random characters that look like they are wearing an outfit from Walmart. Like random characters who just have like a cut off t-shirt or like sweats on or something. Yes. And you're like, what the fuck? What are you wearing? There was a guy in a muscle shirt and shorts <laughs> yeah. and shoes. And I was like, are they, sh- are they, did they invade a Renaissance fair? Like there's know, a barbarian and there then were there's like, like medieval three or four, three or four like random characters. And it's largely in like the, with the, where the book people were or like the other society that gets wiped out. Just, they just look normal. Yeah. Like, just like you went to Walmart on a Sunday and saw this gentleman <laughs> looking at I curvies. think that just like passed yes. through me. 
It should be noted. We I, I don't think we hit on this during. Did you guys watch the trailer? Did anybody watch the trailer? In the trailer, they have like all the you know the pull quotes or whatever, like blah blah blah. One the I think it's the last one. It's like at the very end of the trailer. I and I wish I read it, wrote it down. I could have gone and looked it up, but um, it's something to the effect of like one of the best movies to watch high you'll ever see. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I had that thought while watching this movie a thousand percent. Like, oh, so, I mean, I, if I'm gonna watch it again, that will be the condition <laughs> for watching it a second time. I like this so. is the kind of movie like where if I got high and watch it, I'd probably be like. This is the smartest movie ever made. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Because something totally. about that is like, it's like, it tends to suspend any kind of questioning that I have about a movie and I just go with it. And so like, if I me like that, listening to this philosophy, I'd just be like, I think we just cracked the code, you guys, the meaning of life. We did it. <laughs> um, okay. Would you uh, recommend The Spine of Night, Matilda? Yes. Jonathan? Yes. Caitlin? No, I'm gonna say yes, and I guess if we're counting this as a horror movie, I'm gonna need my my top ten on the other side here, Caitlin. So it's been Boom! been too long since we revisited. So let's uh, let's try let's check that out. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. Welcome to a brand new nightmare. Great to be back in business. The final nightmare. Did uh, you mind your girlfriend? I want to help. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> It's gotta be me and him. We're gonna have to hit him with everything we've got. Cool. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. They saved the best for last. Rated R. Starts Friday, September 13th at a theater near you. Lisa Zane from Nightmare on Elm Street, and you are listening to Bloody Good Horror. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. And we're back. I'm going to look at, I, I feel like I update. I looked at my list at some point, Caitlin. I don't know if we missed anything, but let's take a look at um, yeah, I've got it up for you. The seller sucked. Don't even when remember. When was Caitlin? When was your last show? What was the last show you were on? I think it was X. Okay. That, okay. Yeah. That, no, I was we've watched nothing but would've... trash since then. We watched. It looks like someone added the curse. The scary of sixty first. Trash. Studio six six six. Trash. No. What is no exit? I just watched all these. That movies. was the one in the um it with the. The people all trapped in the snowed in yeah, trash. Whatever. Then, what is the cursed? That's the last uh, movie we did. You have it at number six, buddy. I don't know. What was it? That's the beautiful historical one with all the dogs running in the forest. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's not going to stay on the list, but we'll leave it there for now. Uh, <laughs> wow. what are, what's my top two, Caitlin? Top two or three? Um, top three are number one, X, number two, Fresh, number three, Scream. Oh, this is number two. Okay. Easy number two. Mm. 
dark. This is this is 2022's dark horse, John. Yeah, no, no, I dig it. Um, did we see when did it get its release on Shutter? Now that you know, now that I'm gonna have to. It was like this. a couple weeks ago. Is definitely oh, okay. this year. Nice for sure. Nice because it's still in their yeah. rotator. Yeah. Let's see. We're in May, and you have three empty spots. Um, but I, I feel like the curse might get bumped. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre might get bumped. So. Uh, is that on there? I think I put that <laughs> on there. It's number ten. Yeah. The movie is. <laughs> that movie is just a huge trash basket. Um, John, you know what this Friday is? Um, the second episode of The Last Drive-In? Nope, third, but that wasn't what I was talking about. Oh. It is Friday the 13th. Oh, I did know that, actually. Um, I'm celebrating by taking the day off work, so. Oh, I should do that. That's a good idea. Um, also, John, happening on Friday, you must not mm. have gotten the RSS update on this. New Hi-Fi is coming out. Oh, I'm dropping a single. Mm. It's called Cursed. And, no, it's not called Cursed. Like the movie. No, it's not. It's called Graves <laughs> is the name of the song. <laughs> and uh, it's a tribute to the movie. Yeah. The Cursed, <laughs> uh, it's coming out Spotify Bandcamp same day, Monday morning. It's drop or Friday morning, the 13th. It's dropping. So check it out. Oh. I have a uh, an EP that's I'm working on that I'm hoping to get out this summer. That's like a soundtrack, like a concept album like horror soundtrack thing but i kind of plopped this out in the meantime and thought i'd put it out yeah you just plopped it out there you go cool <laughs> so there you go john i will be awaiting um your feedback he's a musician that's right <laughs> plopped it out uh you can check me you can follow eric bgh on twitter i'm also um hi-fi if you search hy-fy on twitter it'll definitely come up so there you go. And uh, Spotify. Uh, as we mentioned, Caitlin is back. Uh, Casey is going to be out for a few weeks. Matilda, thank you for joining us this week. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me as part of the Zombie Girls Network, which is a whole little empire of podcasts. Sure is. <laughs> Ever-growing empire of podcasts um, under... Uh, Daddy Rachel, as we're now calling her. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> cited on a recent episode of Plug. Well, affirmed, like confirmed on a recent Plug It Up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah. So check um, out. And you, Go ahead. You can find us um, at Zombie Girls, which is G R R L Z, like Riot Girls, um, on all the social medias, and also at zombiegirls.com. And you can check out our. Um, one of the best things that people can check out is like the VOD releases. Rachel picks like a kind of best of the weekend every week, mm -hmm. um, like three or four movies that she's particularly excited about um, and pulls that out. But there's an ongoing VOD list over on the website. Love it. Yeah. And like you said, yeah. let's also do that with um, Rachel and um, Ariel who are on the show often. So there you go. So we can yes. all those people. And who have an excellent new theme song. Yes. They're more deadly. Yeah. Very true. Part of the podcast. Very true. Um, what else is going on? Oh, John, I, I was a guest on a podcast. Get right out of here. Uh, <laughs> so, John, do you know, I don't know, you're not on Slack that much. Do you know Allison, mm -hmm. who's on Slack, John? Yes. So, Allison has a podcast called Who's There? She's a fellow New York New Yorker. And that's why I knew her. her um, name, she has a show called Who's There? Where she reviews horror fans um, and people kind of like in the horror space to find out sort of like, what, how you, how'd you end up so weird? 
how did we all end up in this place? Mm. Um, so if you search who's there, just like spelled how that would be spelled, two words. Um, you can check by this point, because we took last week off, it might not be the latest one, but it'll definitely be like one or two in the feed. Um, it was a ton of fun. It was cool uh, hanging out and chatting horror with her. Did she get any closer to the center of this onion or? He, What's we, the... get, we go pretty deep, John. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Layers. <laughs> Uh, Eric, you want to hear how Plug It Up's been going? That's the one show I stuck uh, Please stuck around with while I was sick. <laughs> he, was, he was sending you a subtle message about, about your choices now. <laughs> it's a BGH uh, Presents. But, fair, fair enough. Um, no, Elizabeth was on recently for Black Swan. That was a, uh, yeah, that, that was a very good yeah, episode. Thank you. Yeah, I it think I've yeah. been really happy about it. Uh, Psycho we did, which is... A monstrous motherhood classic, and that one we got real deep into old Alfred Hitchcock. Um, and then the zombie girls, Matilda and Ariel and Rachel, were all on for a new release, Hatching. I think Hatching is gonna break my top 10 this year so far. It's Finnish. Uh, yeah, y'all interviewed her, you interviewed the director, Hannah Bergholm, on More Deadly. Um, so it's been <laughs> yeah, making its way around the the circuit, and then this week released uh, the Omen with the fellows from Straight Chilling. But been rocking and rolling over there. Definitely go check out Hashing. We got into mommy blogger topics, so it was, it was a fun time. Harrowing, one might say. But <laughs> wait, yes. wait, is it available like widely? Uh, I think you can rent it on Vudu right now, um, and probably Prime. Okay. All right, John. I think you would like it. I mean, I'm I'm in. I think I've I might have seen the poster or something. It's got some it's body horror. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. Actually, there are a lot of Cronenberg beats. There's some Brood beats. I was like, Mr. John Schnars, this is up. Guys, to did you see a second Cronenberg film was announced today? No. Today. Dude, oh, the trailer no. for that new one that was. Bunny yeah, well, the the trailer, and then uh, I saw a headline on Deadline that there's a yeah, there's a another forthcoming. John, Cronenberg. maybe you know you're a big Cronenberg fan. What is it with that guy in buttholes? Why is everything a butthole with him? I, I mean, I don't know, dude. Matilda, what would here what it. would Freud say about that? <laughs> I mean, anal phase, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is it with Ari Aster and head trauma? That's, That's a good point. He just sees heads and he's like, I want to. Bash the crap out of you right now. <laughs> Stupid head. Stupid head. And a filmmaker is born. And they were all like, oh, incredible. <laughs> me. When I say all of us, I mean me. Yeah, yeah, no, obviously. <laughs> I, I knew it. That was pretty good. All right, let's see. We have two emails this week info at bloodygoodhorror.com. We got two emails from Caitlin and Kissimmee. She's back, y'all. Um, we were talking about songs that scared us as a kid, or I was talking about like, uh, sort of horror music as an intro for my kids last week. And she says the Surfari's wipeout song scared the shit out of me as a kid. I hated the way they said wipeout. And as a kid, I never could put the song together with the wipeout moment. So I would just silently cry to myself in the car that it snuck up on me. Is that the like, Hey, wipeout? Oh, yeah. Like, is that the, <laughs> I, think, I think that's what she's referring to. Yeah. Um, man, I, Every once in a while, to my TikTok algorithm is like, you know, like spooky shit, right? I don't get any horror stuff on it, mo although now I'm going to. So I just said that out loud. But it will be like there. It's like, oh, we are you into like uh, Zoomer, like creepy pasta stuff? Like here, like here's four weird things that happened in the world. But like 
every once in a while, one of those things is set to tiptoe through the tulips. And if I happen yes. to hear it at like 1030 at oh, night, yeah. I'm like, fuck you. Like I get so angry anytime any notes from that song are in my head. Like, cause it's, it's mm. so unsettling. I always remember that about you, Eric, that you hate this. It's awful. <laughs> it is awful. Insidious. Insidious brought it back in a major way. It's so awful. It's, I mean, it's entirely from that movie. I'd never heard it. Because when mm. we reviewed that movie, that's when I learned about that dude. Like, I didn't know who that dude was. And so that brought that pox into my life. Um, let's see. I was bringing, I brought up my pet turtle a couple weeks ago and how he would feed it uh, fish that would it would murder. Um, my ex-husband's turtle ate, um, quote unquote, gift goldfish, probably 20 of them that a six-year-old student of mine gave me right in front of him in like one swift movement. I did not know that sliders did that. Oh, well, shared turtle trauma is better than no turtle trauma at all. Um, do you want to hear a dead turtle story? You learned that day what turtles do, Caitlin, and it's cool. Uh. Go ahead. My friends had a turtle. His name was Ertle, the turtle. And one day, Clara. she uh, yeah, she put him in the, uh, they're twins, actually. They, they put him in the windowsill so he could get some air. And then their mom came and was like, shut this window and shut it like really hard. <laughs> oh my God, that's <laughs> messed killed up. killed the turtle because she didn't see it. So Ertle got smushed in the oh, windowsill. How do you not, like, he was a small little guy, Ertle. We, I remember, so I talked to, on that sh- last show that, you were on that show, right, Matilda? Because you had a similar mm-hmm. experience with the goldfish. As a younger kid, we had found a baby turtle at my grandmother's house that we like took in and we're like feeding it for a couple. Like we did not have the proper, like this just happened when millennials were kids. They're just like, I don't know, bring this animal into the house. We don't know what to do with it. It'll probably die, but who cares? Um, <laughs> but then pretty quickly discovered, I don't remember how we must, I mean, it was pre-internet. We must've found a book or so like, what the fuck, what's a book? It was a baby snapping turtle, but the thing was so adorable. It was like, this. it was only like two inches across, mm. but like when you looked at the structure and then looked at it, I was like, oh yeah, that's good. That's a snapping turtle. So we probably don't want to keep that. If you had befriended it though. Yeah. You know, we would just get those in the Northeast. Every once been, like, the ultimate like, weapon. I don't know if that's a, if that's very like, slow. Ultimate. <laughs> I don't know if snapping turtles are like all over the place or just regional or not. But I remember one showing up my neighborhood once sitting in the middle of the road and it wouldn't move. And it's, it's not a, it's a pretty secluded, like cul-de-sac. So it's not like there was traffic, but they, people were trying to get it to move out of the road. And somebody was trying to basically push it with a rake and it like, it snapped the rake in half, <laughs> like with its jaws. I can do that. Yeah. Like they're, the pressure of their jaws is apparently really insane. My cousin's son has a tortoise because I'm always like, how's Bowser, your turtle? And he's like, um, it's a tortoise. And I'm like, um, excuse me. <laughs> You're just like, chill out, bro. <laughs> uh, it's a turtle. It's, I don't know. Bowser, whatever. Well, I, I eventually just like, I think we all, everyone in my household realized I was not fit to care for a turtle. And so we eventually, we gave it to <laughs> so like a- put in a window. So no, just, we gave it to like a kinder, a preschool or kindergarten or something, like a teacher. Dude, snapping deadly. Yes. So they like, no, 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 no. My okay. non-snapping turtle. Yeah. You can't have an ultimate weapon with kids like that. It's just, no. Kindergarten, look out. Just, just a very gentle turtle that if you picked him up and took him out of the cage, he would just piss all over you every single time. That's, that's. How was his name? Donatello, Michelangelo. His name is, his name is Gino. Because oh, okay. I, I thought that would be a cool little name if the Ninja Turtles had a friend. 
that they might like that's also a turtle that that's that is very cute doing, so. <laughs> it's an italian, it's pizza, italian like, see that's what i was thinking yeah exactly <laughs> thank you thank you matilda uh caitlin <laughs> you want what do we got on twitter yeah we have two tweets today i'm pulling them up this is what the suspense is <laughs> all right Listen, it's been a little bit. Okay, from our friend Miles Hughes, Miles on Film. What classic horror films would you like to see remade using the style of animation from Spine of Night? I'd personally love to see a Nightmare on Elm Street film done this way. Huh, that's a good idea. I like that. Good question. Texas it doesn't Chainsaw have to be a Massacre remake. Like It could just be, be cool. a, no, a new one, a spinoff. I, I mean, my answer is Game of Thrones now. That's what I really want. <laughs> Does that count for horror? No, it doesn't matter. I do what I want. This, this is me, <laughs> Pat and Oswalt back here. Nightmare on Elm Street was a good suggestion, I think. Yeah, solid. Well, you want right. something that's got like crazy, just like because it frees you up with the, it frees you up with like the dream visuals. So I could see that. Well, I was yes. gonna say Hellraiser could go that okay, direction, yeah. dude. That's a really yeah. good answer. Like Hellraiser two, where they go to hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got yeah. Like, yeah I feel like I'm really, I'm really excited for that. Uh, like re- remake thing that's coming out. The new Hellraiser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like the end of Carrie would be fascinating with mm-hmm. this. Oh, with the like fire, dude. That's so good. Be cool. And the like crazy eyes. Yeah. <laughs> those be, those and be just cool. like the gore. Uh huh. Yeah. I love it. All right, and our friend Pod Ferratu says, "What's your favorite kill slash death that's not from a horror movie?" My mind went to uh, Gone Girl when, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but one character gets uh, killed there at the end. I don't, don't want to give too much away. But This is a good, I don't, I'm trying to think if I have like a good one that sticks out. I feel like any Quentin Tarantino movie, like the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has got some pretty righteous violence going on i love the ending it's it's not like the ending ending but like the climax of the departed where there's Mm. like a scene so that whole movie is about people like leading double lives and nobody is who you kind of think they are there's a reveal of like four characters in like a five second span and they all get murdered like you find out who they are and they die everybody dies like in like like this real quick little scene that's like pretty wild Eric, you know what that reminds me of in Breaking Bad when the, all the prison hits go down at the same time? Yes. Yeah, that's a pretty good one, too. And he's sipping his coffee, checking yeah. his watch. Yeah. Very good. It's very like Godfather. Mm. But that's of, all for tweets. The Godfather, John. Also, that whole, that's that montage of deaths at the end of The Godfather. Mm. Real good. A lot of getting. Um. All right. We have a handful of Instagram questions. Two of these, two people posed this to me today, John. The new Doctor Strange movie is being called a horror movie. Should you all review it? I said no. I don't. I don't like. So it's Sam Raimi directed. I mean, I don't think we're going to review it either. And I heard someone else explain it that way, and I was like, huh. Yeah. No, I. I mean, I'll probably watch it now. Whereas I was planning to not watch it. It looked but. intriguing in the, a similar way that that Spider-Man movie looked intriguing to me. I refuse to engage in anything that's going to be like you need to watch forty things in order to get this. And I've had people well, tell I've me, "I've already watched thirty-eight of well, those." Well, then 40 you're. Things, and then now I'm just like, I might as well. 
But, but I on, keep trying to draw the line, Eric. I keep trying to say, this is it. I'm but out. like people on and Slack today were saying, you don't really need to say it, but it's like the principle of it, John. Like, yeah. You know? Well, Tommy and Nick said it's a plug it up movie. So I feel like I've, I've got to see it now. What is that? Tommy, Tommy, Tommy was, Tommy was pushing, pushing real hard to the hole with uh, Dr. Strange today. I'll check it out. He's on a mission. Once it's on Disney, I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, this is a great question that I feel may be revealing. How long do you leave leftovers in the fridge? I've heard some people don't even eat them. I think it's we, highly dependent on what kind of food we're talking about, for starters. Chicken, yeah. three days max. No, no, but like, yeah, like there's a like, you just, you gotta like eyeball check and smell check. Like smell, I just trust, I, I trust the nose over the eyeball check. Like it's always no, well, nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Um, we we're like big leftovers and like we often like make meals intentionally to have leftovers for multiple nights, like that kind of thing. Um, we had this conversation though, cause I was with uh, for mother's day. I was at my in-laws, my old home down in Maryland. Uh, and it turns out one of my wife's cousins, husbands quote unquote, doesn't believe in leftovers. <laughs> doesn't believe like, 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 like they don't exist. Like they're not, they're not like rich people. Are either. you like telling like, me they're, they're not poor? John, are they're you telling like, me he's doing his own research on leftovers? No, like I think he should. Yeah, I, that is actually <laughs> partially true, probably. But I also am like, what? You're just like throwing away massive amounts of food all the time. Like I'm, yeah, I'm kind of an edge case too because like because I have a very limited diet, I basically make all my meals from scratch every day. So and there, I make meals for one person, and my kids don't eat the same food I eat. So when I'm cooking for them. I'm cooking like separate stuff. So like there really are not much leftovers in this house, but I'm, I love I'm okay with the idea. Yeah, we're it. like always in leftovers. I yeah. love yeah. leftovers. Spaghetti tastes better the longer it sits. I mean, to a, to a degree, but like, <laughs> yeah, but like lentil soup, like some oh, things yeah. taste better. It's a curry. In fact, yeah. so like, yeah. so like, cause I eat a lot of chicken. I really don't buy fresh chicken and just make a bunch because after a day, it kind of turns my stomach, even if it smells and looks fine. So I just buy frozen chicken. Like you can get from Target, like just a bag full of frozen chicken breasts. And then I just make them one at a time in the air fryer. There you go. They kind of freak me out now that I'm really getting into it and thinking about it. <laughs> Don't think too hard about it. It's going to make it crazy. But like a good restaurant meal the next day, I'm, pre- I'm pretty into that. That's pretty cool. I will say I uh, I went out to dinner with a friend on Friday and brought home half my sandwich from the restaurant. And then it sat in the fridge for two days. And I was like, oh, fuck that. Like, but, not a chance. Yeah. Air fryer. <laughs> so you open that sandwich up. You take off the cold stuff like lettuce, tomato, air fry it. And it got, if it's got cheese on it, even better. Gets the After bread, two days? Gets, gets the bread back to being toasty, put your cold stuff back on, boom, you're in business. Okay. Yeah, look, this is not a blanket statement, but I actually would say restaurants are a place I don't bring leftovers home, mostly because most restaurant food is made with outrageous amounts of butter. Salt. And it's the salt. Makes it, it's the salt for me. Yeah, but it makes it all taste amazing when you're eating it. But then when it's cold and you reheat, like it just doesn't... It doesn't come back together the same way. There are like pasta for sure. I would at home, like you know. But John, have you heard? Yeah, of it has fire? to like be a textural consistency in the reheating. Yeah, for I, me, yes. like certain things are not. Yeah, not going to work. Definitely, we Man, solved it, guys. My Good TikTok work. like knows that I'm in that I'm like I 
I'm into like healthy eating, I guess, for lack of a better word. Like, I, and I'm into nutrition, like learning about nutrition. I'm like, man, there are so many bizarre lanes of like eating out there. And like so many like people that are just off the fucking reservation and so confidently just spewing made up science to people. Just like, oh, yes. TikTok is, <laughs> TikTok is convinced that I want, that I might want to be like one of these carnivore dudes. And I'm like, no, I'm cool. I, I actually like watching these videos in a train wreck kind of way, which is why they keep serving them to me. But like, oh my good Lord. Like, yeah, this is where I'm like, no one's ever going to convince me to watch TikTok. Like there's just never a universe. TikTok is so good. I love TikTok. No but I, as a like, person who really enjoys the seedy underbelly of humanity, it really reveals itself to you. Like yeah, was, it is yeah. creepy, but here's why it's creepy. Okay. Cause I am, I'm very, you know, I'm like, I go to therapy and very pro mental health. And so my TikTok serves me a lot of things that are about like healing and like working on your triggers and like stuff like that. But then like every 10 of those videos, it'll serve me videos by this woman that I know because I listened to a podcast series on it is like a cult leader. So like, nice. though it doesn't really have any way. To Why like haven't discern, I downloaded this app? It doesn't have any way to discern <laughs> that stuff. I am just a person who is so of the internet that i know this is totally stuff fine we but like no it's about. it's scary like it like it scares me when i think of like a 15 year old on this yeah. app or something Dude, we're like mine's, a like, year old. mine's like get back in bed you depressed gay bitch and i'm like oh <laughs> you got it babe and then also like like burn down you know and i'm like oh yeah that too Fuck oh yeah. my god i love uh, that that's hilarious <laughs> My friend went on TikTok and it took her from like kind of the queer end of like kind of leather end of things. And suddenly she's like flooded with like straight swinger TikTok stuff. Mm. And so Rachel's partner showed up in like a shirt with pineapples on it. And she was like, that's a swinger sign. You should know that (laughs) it's upside down. Who do you TikTok? Now, you know, Mm. yeah. Um, I never would have known that. Maybe I do need to get TikTok. <laughs> yeah, they do, yeah. Oh, and believe me, once it identifies some horny thing you're into it, forget about it. That's who you are now. That's what I'm That's all I'm going to say. Um, how much is too much drugs? A good question for this movie. Uh, I, I don't know. This I mean, like if it's impacting your ability to like live your life in a normal way, I would say that's <laughs> yeah, too I much. Think, I think yes. Good call. I mean, one at a time, there was... Because I'm on the West Coast, there's sometimes like among the harm reduction community, there's like a thing that you can do where you go to Burning Man and talk people down. Mm. Like you are not on drugs, but you are there to help people. That would be very, yeah, like in fact, is it, what have I heard that? I think I've heard the word shaman used to describe that in like, in it, like if you're going to trip, like getting a person that's like a minder, basically, yeah, yeah. like, but I've heard different well, that's, words. Like that. that's like the, like the folks who are using psychedelics in like mental health settings. The, yeah. the practitioners are not doing the drugs. Right. So, like, when you do yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My advice is always like, I think when it comes to drugs and alcohol, too many people compare what they're doing to other people, both in positive and negative ways, both in the like, well, I don't drink as much as this person or, well, that person can just casually drink. Why can't I do that? And I think like the thing that I find some people are missing is really sitting with themselves and being like, what is the impact this is having on me, regardless of whatever I want to do or wish I could do or whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, there's a disconnect there sometimes. Mm -hmm. Is this harming me? Is it fun? What, where are you on that scale of like, you know, so I'd say not to get too real, John, but it's how I feel. (laughs) Um, are you going to review the Northman kind of horror vibes? I would watch. I saw it. I'd I watch, saw it opening day. Yeah. I would watch oh, that. I would so bad. I would watch that before I watch Doctor Strange. I would say that. Do you think it qualifies for the show, John? <sighs> Probably not. I mean, like, there's. It is not a horror movie. Like, we watched Green Knight. It's less horror than that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's. Okay. Well, I mean, look, like we've watched all of the other. I mean, the other two Eggers films. Like, it's actually kind of similar, except it's not. It, it doesn't go to like as many horror places it's much more like revenge drama but with all the same like he did all the research about like viking era iceland and stuff and how people lived and like the kinds of swords they had and stuff i mean there is like some there's like light horror flourishes but it's not i don't know bjork is in it isn't that cool yes so excited she gets like pretty big billing and she's in it for like Two seconds. It's because she's Bjork. Bjork. I mean, yeah, it is a cool, it's a cool scene. But were you alive in the nineties, John? Uh, Bjork. Yes. Yeah. Bjork. I'm familiar with Bjork. Um, I actually have no thoughts on Bjork. I just like saying her name. Uh, I'm a big fan. Last question. Surprising no one. Last question of the evening. Favorite rotoscoped animated movie. I did look up a list. It's all the stuff you would kind of like expect. Um, I believe, Give me like a top three. I mean, Waking Life would definitely yeah. be my number one. Uh, heavy Metal, Gulliver's Travels. Um, cool World. Do you remember Cool World? Oh, yeah. Jim? I do remember Cool World. Fire and Ice. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, this list is like literally just jumping around years and eras. Uh, yeah, Waking Life is one. And it says, uh, I don't know, John. Oh, that original <laughs> Lord of the Rings movie that we actually brought, I brought up. Uh, oh, that oh would be yeah. My pick. Yep. Yeah. Of those, that's my pick. The Animatrix. The Animatrix is very cool. I don't know if you've seen that, John. I did watch some of it, I think. Um, oh, also, so Awaking Life and A Scanner Darkly, which were those both? Oh, like- Scan... Is that They're both, both Link Linklater, later? I think. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Scanner Darkly is great. That's a that's a sweet movie too. I forgot about that. Have you ever seen Suburbia, John? His like first movie. Yes. It is so wild and so nineties. Like yes, it's yeah. It's about like. Have you seen it, Matilda? Which Suburbia it's, is it? It's called Suburbia. Like it pulls out sub in the in the name. Like it's capitalized. Oh no, I haven't seen it. It was his first movie pre. Days and Confused, and it's about a bunch of like Texas teenagers who hang out at night at, behind, like next to a, a gas station, and it's just about their malaise, you know, very late '90s Gen X suburban malaise. What, what am I gonna do with my life? That, that kind of vibe. So I'm, I love it. It's it's kind of awesome, and I think it's like Young Steve Zahn is in it, I believe. Oh. It comes, it's actually after Days and Views. Sorry, I was looking it up. It is. I'm like, I know I saw it. It's 96. Oh, shit. Um, yes, the movie, I think you're, which I I have also watched, but his like first full length feature, I think, was Slacker. Or that was like the first one that got interesting. Yes, yeah, see, I don't think I've seen Slacker. Um, yeah. 
So there Blake Lanner. I like. He's good. He likes the rugs. I, I actually would like to watch more of his movies. Actually. Mm-hmm. All right. That's going to do it. Don't forget to check out the zombie girls. G R R L Z. Don't forget to check out plug it up. Don't forget to watch your, uh, Spotify. Um, actually the day this comes out, check out hi-fi and Spotify H Y dash F Y to hear my new single. I follow. So I'm going to get like a push notification. Oh, hopefully. Yes, dude. Follow me on Spotify. New releases from follow artists me. you like. Follow me on Spotify. Um, love it. All right. All. I think, I guess we got to talk schedules, but we're talking Firestarter for next week in the theater. It's, it's on Peacock. Oh, it's a done. yeah simul release. Day so it's probably coming out Peacock. the day this show comes out. Probably coming out Friday. Yeah, it comes out Friday. I'm just I need to give me some of that sweet uh, John Carpenter soundtrack that's on that movie. So there you go. That's the only thing getting me. Fired all right, right, all now. next week, Firestarter. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you soon. See you. Bye. 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 Ha, ha, ha.